welcome to Paper Cake Podcast. Three friends get together to talk about a comic book. Jonesy looks bewildered, even though I told him I wasn't going to use the normal intro for this episode. <laughs> thirty, Not 30 seconds ago, I told him. Uh, three living hosts. This week's book club, Outcast Volume 1, by Robert Bobby Kirkman and Paul Azaceta. Question mark. Uh, three living hosts. One uh, just got his white belt tonight. Congratulations. Mm. Jonesy loves beer. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. And thank you for absolutely marginalizing my effort by not getting the martial art right, not getting the level system right. You know, I come to you for that that level of self-confidence that you bestow upon me. So I appreciate it. You know, I just Jonesy's- wanted to try to point out that Jonesy did something great and he just pulls his <laughs> A cheeks apart and S's all over me. Jonesy's, I try to get it right on your Jonesy's, chest. Jonesy's uh, thin, gaunt Benedict Cumberbatch, thin face. His <laughs> when he is like <laughs> rebuttaling your sarcasm. Now it's his way is way more pronounced. His cheekbones. <laughs> if you could have seen his cheekbones gaunt when when you said uh, when he said, "Thank you for marginalizing my." Uh, I forget what he said after that. I wasn't really paying attention, but yeah, some nonsense. <laughs> Our other living uh, host. Oh my god, other living host, he's a dear friend of mine. You know, he's VP of merch. Uh, if you just imagine Dale at work, he's he's on the phone with like the little curly Q cord. He's like wrapping around his pinky finger, cutting deals, writing checks at the same time. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to the show, Dale underscore a VP of merch. It's, uh, you know, it's great to be here. It's great to be able to talk about my phone deals that I'm doing. I'm constantly like getting... Uh, wrapped up around my computer chair with my phone cord like the uh, the mm-hmm. intro to some sitcom like uh cousin larry from perfect strangers would be or, or something of the of the sort and course uh, and larry <laughs> course and larry and yeah so that's what it's all about is making deals doing it for the show show posts on the phone coming back Coming back in a big way. Hey, can we talk week. about that show post we saw tonight? Come I back thought you gosh. were on you were on the edge. You know? We that, might have to talk Dale off the, the ledge. Just by reading the show post, we had to send some text feelers out. Dale, are you okay? What's the vibe? How are you feeling? You know. It was bleak. It was a bleak show post. Papercake.com, check it out. <laughs> uh but is it bleak because big news? The PK five K is like two weeks away. Oh God! Bleak times. times Your thoughts, are Dale. Bleak guys. <laughs> You've never ran a five K. Jonesy's status is you're signed up for the five K. Yep. I've donated how's the, the money. How's the bursitis feeling right now? Can we get a bursitis update? Twenty sixteen watch. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I'm not physically going to be able to run. Uh, as as a runner as you are, Slim, I imagine you're going to be a rocket. Get that 5K done in like three or four minutes. You know, but I am going to put my Copper Fit wrap on my left knee, and wow, uh, sponsor. And I think I'm going to, you know, try a potential jog. And if the pain's too much, I'll just walk it out. You know what's wild about that Brett Favre Copper Fit commercials when he throws the football and hits his dog. <laughs> like what are you doing Brett Favre what are you trying to prove yeah it's like yeah so you can you hit his dog freak? golly now Dale this is this will be your second ever 5k first official you'll get a bib mm. 
I assume they're going to have bibs for us. This will be your first professional 5K. What's the vibe in your in your mind space right now? Uh, you know, there's a vibe. There's certain vibes going on. I'm a little nervous, a little nervous in the gut. Uh, got to get up mm-hmm. early for this thing. Uh, got to pick up a bib. Got to run with a bib. I have to... I have these shirts that I wear on the elliptical. They've never been seen in public before, so mm. when I sweat in them, and most assuredly, my uh, my uh, fifty gallon drum of a tummy that hangs below my waist <laughs> will certainly be peeking out of any one of those shirts, especially if I run with any sort of uh, you know like arm motion like a runner would make. Like yeah. that would just lift my entire shirt up. That that would leave my my exposed fleshy underbelly with barely a few hairs on it white as a ghost <laughs> setting the stage right now maybe we maybe we just both run shirtless you know <laughs> f them f the patriarchy you know you, you know, know dale it's always that the thing guy that suggests uh, skins you know yeah remember when you had to make shirts and skins in school and you felt terrible because you didn't want to be skins I mean, I, we were all there. And there's yeah, always that one skins. guy that's ripped at 15. I can, can we get the guy checked for steroids? I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah. That was, and he's like wrapping up his shirt. He's like snapping us in the rear end mm-hmm. when we're to trying to say, no, I don't want to be skins for some strange we're, reason. I got like like, a skin rash. We're like crazy nervous giggling, even though we're not laughing at all on the inside. Yeah, right. Been, exactly. We've right. all been there. It's the same reason why we all used to or still do wear t-shirts into the swimming pool or the beach just hope nobody calls us out on it because it just oh, feels better. Slim will okay. call you out on it. I don't know if you ever went to the beach I don't think I've ever called Slim. anyone out on that. Uh, That's not true. Slim. You know, you I need to think, do, you I need don't to know go. if I would ever do that. Be introspective last, uh, I don't right know. now. I, every morning of my life, every evening, I'm very introspective these days. <laughs> I feel like I wouldn't have done that because I've lived it. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. That's just old, old Slim. That's true. There. It could be old anything, and you that's know? in the past, and, and you grow from your past. Sure. You learn. How else can you learn, really, from the experiences of yourself, the experiences of others? You learn from those things. But, you know. But I, I learned what I did. I took my, my experience, and I learned from my Amish Olympics 5K, and I went ahead, and I, I looked out, and I said, you know what? Even though I feel most comfortable in an eight-and-a-half-wide size shoe for my casual leisure walks uh, maybe oh, eight and a half wide does not do me so well trying to run a 5k sucking in air trying to look like i'm fine next to uh slim who's got it all together my feet get shredded i i'm walking on a pad of blisters in dutch wonderland for the rest of the weekend so while i was in uh, the great city of boston this weekend the home of new wow, balance Found myself at the New Balance factory outlet store, and uh, I bought a new pair of running shoes. Got to say, they're pretty Whoa. dynamite, pretty lightweight. I mean, these are real deal. I'm excited to uh, start breaking those in tomorrow or this week coming sometime, maybe. Oh, wow! Yeah. So, what are you gonna what are you gonna do to break those those bad boys in? What's what's your game plan? Oh, I'll tell you. I'll tell clean you what. Up, clean out the snakes in the backyard. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Do like uh, Steve Winwood, taking it to the streets. <laughs> okay. 
It's the only way I'm going to be able to. to it's the only way I'm going uh, uh, to break them in <laughs> is to get get them on some asphalt. You know what I mean? Right. Is that Michael McDonald no. taking it okay. to the streets? I don't know. <laughs> it, it 50 people be. just screamed at their podcast. Yeah. Uh, it's for the, all 38 people that listen. Uh, Dale, now I'm curious, having never been a runner, I'm not a runner, obviously. I don't have a runner's Spoilers. physique. Spoilers. Uh, and you've both run and elliptical. Do you think this will be easier than elliptical? 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 For fi- uh, five miles writer. or three miles, rather? Yeah, show writer. Can't speak. Uh, jo- or do you um, think it'll be harder? Jonesy, it's going I- to be a thousand times harder. Trust me. You think? Yes. Absolutely. It I mean, I have a, no comparison. I wasn't trying to call you out. No, no, no. Even I like I like to think my endurance is pretty built up on the elliptical. I could t- I could pretty much take anything that I put my mind to. But uh, you know, a mere five k, three some odd miles on the uh, on the asphalt definitely harder on the joints, harder on the knees, and for some reason, even if you think you're pacing yourself, I mean, I was dying for something to drink and dying to breathe within, you know, minutes of starting outside. So it's going to be harder. And that's what, you know, I have to keep in mind, um, you know, when I'm starting this thing, but I'm going to, I'm going to finish it. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. I definitely don't, you know, I don't want anybody to slim. Got to get out there, stretch those gorgeous legs of yours. If you need to just run that 5K, don't feel like you got to wait for me or Jonesy. No, Jim-Z. we're going to do it. We're going to do it together. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's look, beautiful. definitely it's don't wait for me because I'm not going to run. So you go run. I'll walk right behind you. I have my iPad going on. You I'll know, be we looking should good. Do, we should print out your headshots. And as Jail and I cross <laughs> the finish line, we can hold. We can each hold the side of your headshot as we cross <laughs> over. Holy <laughs> crap. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That way, the side profile shots of the finish line. Sure. Three, like, look, three, three miles. Right what there. do you think? Three, three miles walking at maybe an hour. Twenty minutes to walk a mile. That's is that too long? I don't even know. Uh, it's I don't, I don't know either. It's about eight. I'd say eighteen to twenty minutes to walk a mile. Yes. If you even if you're walking yeah. fast, you get that down to thirteen minutes probably. Mm-hmm. So what you want? You run a mile in how long, Slim? Like five minutes, just a six reminder, minutes. Just a reminder: bottom of the hour, Outcast Volume <laughs> this One. This isn't the is running podcast you've been looking for, right? Bobby K is back Fat on idiot Paper K Running Podcast. <laughs> Three non-runners run. and one runner, or two non-runners and one runner, talk about running for an hour. Yeah. I could run a mile in like I, I average eight minutes and twenty oh, seconds. My. So you'll be done this thing like a half hour, and you'll be sitting there drinking water, waiting the next half hour for us to show up. Well, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to keep my eight minute twenty pace. Yeah, right. That's for your. That's for a more serious pod. Uh, that's like camp. with me and Ren Mike D mm-hmm. on the streets of San Diego Comic Con. You guys ran together. We did. Oh, nice. We did a PK five K West. That's great. Down the waterfront. You know, high five and hugging each other the whole way down. It was a dream. Kind of hard to run while hugging, I would think. But you make it work if you're proficient at it. 
Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> if you got to drive, you can make anything like that work. It's probably amazing. You know, as long as you had fun, it's fine. So long as... <laughs> Worst motivational speaker in history, Dale underscore Ray. <laughs> <laughs> now you, uh, what was I, I was going to make mention of something that you were salty about offline. Oh, we do, maybe the last thing we'll say about the PK5K is we're raising money. Oh, yeah. That. For Crohn's research, uh, which we have done amazingly well so far. We've raised almost $600 as of recording the show. That's amazing. Yeah. Which is just phenomenal. Yeah, our friends really of the is. show really came through. I mean, the, the, our friends of the show, like, really, that's that's comp- we're blown away by your generosity and your kindness. Any little bit helps. There's still plenty of time to uh, th- throw a donation in there if you can, if you're able. Uh, either way, thank you for your support. Whether it's uh, through tweets or some lovely emails we got later on in this show. Might be a long segment, Slim. We might want to cut out Outcast, outcast altogether at this point. <laughs> Just go right to the letters. Um, but yeah, oh it's it's fa- it's amazing. Check our Twitter for details. Check our Tumblr for uh, down the page. You may I'll put it in the show, show notes, too. Show notes. Yeah, there's People a link check those. to a donate, donate right? And uh, yeah, thank oh, you. Totally. It's all for the it's all for the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America. That's what this mm-hmm. is all about. It is. It is. I mean, it's so if Crohn's and Colitis wants to get the fleshy white underbelly of Dale underscore on the front page, <laughs> I did. I just think they're uh, there's they might feel honored that you brought the fleshy underbelly. Yeah, that's and what you're it's not going to try to hide it. You know, probably you're gonna get, let it fly. Probably get sunburnt in three minutes of that early morning. You sure know what we should do? Sun. We should get one of those, like, whatever those thick magic markers that people write in the back of cars with, like on the windshield. We should do the. We should write PK five K on our stomachs and backs, mm. you know, so people know mm-hmm. what's happening. So you know, see it peeking through, you know. Yeah, because so, then, like, people just watching, they'd be like, "Wait a minute, is that paper cake doing a five K?" That's that's what people would probably say. I think I think they would. Now the you were J- Dale. Let's give Dale first some props for writing a show post this week. That was a huge moment. We had a comeback in show posts. There was a mm-hmm. there was a demurred conversation comment about me not wanting to talk about San Diego Comic Con. I was there last week. It happened. Mm-hmm. It's in the past. It's, no, we can talk about it. You know, it's still fresh, top of mind. I don't even know if we've really even talked about it under G chats. Well, Dale's been, the Dale's been putting on uh, Dale bot mode on his G chat. You know, his one word answers this guy for the past week. Me? I don't know what he's doing over there. No way. Yeah. So he's went to like nine happy hours this week. I mean, the guy's just <laughs> swilling whiskey. Can't be yeah. bothered with his friends anymore. I mean, that's, you know? that's page one of the PK five K handbook for prep. And Nine I'm over here hours. starved for attention. That's why I'm writing bleak show posts for somebody to check <laughs> in with me over here. The call for help. It is a call for help. And then you guys tell me I'm the one that's being silent. So San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> please. So it was. It happened last week. It was a lot of fun. Talked to a lot of comic creators. You know, in the biz, friends. Disclaimer, I work for Comixology. Do you and Mark Wade like uh, renew your years-long friendship? We, we actually, both call he, each other the best. He actually didn't attend this year. 
There's a few people that I reached out to. You know, I have their personal emails. I reach out to these guys. Be like, hey. Did you text it's me. Mark? Be like, hey, MW. I say, yeah. hey, MW, it's me. Hey, Moid. It's me, Slim. Is it MW or is it Wade? We have to determine here. You probably call him Wado. Wado. Yeah, Wado. I'm not sure if that's a real nickname, but he didn't attend. Neither did the Seoul man. You know, we oh, were able yeah. to, to have a fun... Uh, we did a panel. We did, actually did a ton of panels. The highlight for me was meeting Matt Groening at yeah. the Eisner's. Oh, man. Panels? Matt So Graining. were you like shaking like a leaf when you shook his hand or? Well, we, were, we had a table at the Eisner's because we co-sponsor it. And I'm in full old man mode these days. 11 o'clock rolls around. I'm You're kinda, yawning. I'm ready to go to bed. I'm having a Baltimore Comic-Con night three oh, moment oh, where, boy. you know. Making everybody I'm just gonna go to bed. Did you tonight. ask for your classic Sprite, like Sprite? Uh, that's your go-to drink. I feel sometimes when you need like a soft drink. You know, drink. depending, I get a Sprite and a water. I might sip like maybe an eighth of the Sprite and then drink the water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm setting the stage for the listeners, right? So you yeah, get a Sprite I, I, and you're I stirring did. it with a little coffee star straw. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I see that Matt Groening is is withdrawn in Quarterly's table. You know, Matt Groening did strips before The Simpsons: Life in Hell. And he had like a presentation, or he had no, he had no, like a he was inducted to the Eisner Award Hall of Fame or something. And I was like, well, I guess I can't go to bed because he's two tables across from me, so I have to go meet Matt Granny before I go to bed. So that was the goal. <laughs> and as soon as the show ended, there was like ten other people that had the same idea. They all like flocked over at his table, so oh I was like gosh. in line, and I was like, oh, man, he's probably just doesn't want to talk to people right oh, now. Oh, there was a line in yeah, the there was there were, it was like a circle line, just people congregated, like looking around, waiting for the person in front of them to get done talking to Macarena, so they could. Right. So, I finally got in there, and I shook his hand, and I said, you know, I just wanted to say thank you for creating The Simpsons. You know, I grew up watching it, and I told him that. I grew up when I, was, I don't know how old I was, maybe like nine or ten. And I told him that now my own son is growing up watching it, and he's like six, and he can quote the show, so he got a kick out of that. And then I, I did my patent did. All right, that's it. That's all I wanted to say. All right, and then yeah. I got out of there. I don't like to overstay my welcome when I do that. Right, and he was probably like, you know what? Just by him saying that, he's one of the coolest people. Like he he understands. Mm-hmm. So he probably like no, he knows. He knew. You understand. He knew because you had that line. He's going to show up at your cubicle one day with two cups of coffee. Be like, let's have that conversation. We didn't get a chance to that night. Uh, maybe maybe I'll email him. Maybe for the for a podcast interview. His oh, voice man. his voice sounded exactly like... The first time I ever heard him speak was when I listened to the DVD director's commentary for those seasons. You know, he's in <laughs> yeah. the director's commentary with the writers. It was hilarious. Wow, that's great, man. But uh, it was a good show. It was busy. It was hot. It was way hot. Wearing oh, wow. jeans, walking from the hotel to the convention, just mm. sweating. You know, I got my you, backpack. You don't have to wait to lose. You don't have to wait to lose. You should I have mean, stayed hydrated. I hope you ate. I tried to stay oh, hydrated. No. I had a, I had some of those protein bars for mm-hmm. breakfast. Quest. What was the pretzel dog count this year? Zero. <sighs> Physical fish. Over, Shut your mouth. I'm what? turning over a new leaf. You know, this could be the end of pretzel dogs. I had smoothies for breakfast, protein bars for lunch. Man. And then maybe a salad for dinner, some wings. Yeah? Oh, you're just, uh, you are just a, a specimen, if I may say. <laughs> the only reason I'm doing it, well, actually, Amanda went food shopping. 
This is now, I guess it's my turn to talk about health. My man went food shopping. I didn't even tell her to get Just a reminder, at the bottom of the hour, <laughs> outcast. Top of the next hour. <laughs> Anyone who is not a regular listener has totally checked out by this point. <laughs> Minutes away from Outcast Volume One, I I Amanda went food shopping and I told her I I didn't tell her to get any junk food. This is a milestone event. Wow! Because it's I've been doing uh, concentrating on sit ups, my abs. I've been concentrating my abs for the last like thirty to forty days. My God! And I'm just trying to get a six pack. That's the goal. But it's took taking me this long to realize I have to change my, you know, what I eat. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. It's probably all hud- hidden under there, but mm. unless I start changing my you, diet, you're like happen. real thin. How much more it's weight amazing. do you need to lose? I mean, I still have a like one a little paunch down there, and it's hiding all the work that I'm doing. Dale and I are just shaking our heads. Listen, yeah, Jesus. I mean, it's just going to be. Just think of that little paunch sticking out, fleshy, under <laughs> under paunch on the at the PK five k, peeking out the bottom when you lift up your shirt when you uh-huh. raise your hands. You know, I put in this much time. I gotta keep. I gotta keep going to see what can, what can happen. Yeah, yeah, that's great, man. I I hope you get that six pack. That's amazing if you do. God, you're such a an example. We'll if get I may there. Be so bold. I mean, we'll, we should probably circle back to that specimen comment. I mean, that's. Yeah. <laughs> I don't so, know that we can really be friends anymore. Should get a six pack. <laughs> I think at some point you have to just you know just punch us in our stomachs. Let's all here. just do. Let's all do at least a hundred crunches a day in the morning and maybe at night too just to start off do you do 250 crunches a day yeah wow Wow. yeah but that you know that's the topic for another show maybe the flap we got a book club to get to if anyone's still sticking around (laughs) (laughs) what's our what's our 20 22 minutes in this might be our longest intro (laughs) to date I mean, just the the mere thought of adding in letters at the end of this is is making my my oh, cheeks tighter. Let's do an abbreviated discussion <laughs> about Outcast. We got to double up on the letters too. We didn't read any last week. Oh, mm. go ahead, Jonesy. So Outcast, Outcast. One. <laughs> Kyle Barnes, troubled youth. You know, uh, abusive mother. Uh, you know, raised in a household, very violent household. Uh, and trouble seems to be following him uh, ever since, you know, violent episode with his wife. His wife became violent, Allison, you know, and uh, from what mm-hmm. we understand the story, maybe his child was harmed uh, as well. He just, it. this guy is surrounded. Darkness surrounds him. Violence surrounds him. This poor guy, Kyle Barnes. Come to find out, maybe he's special in a terrible way. Uh, he somehow is a magnet for demonic possession and those around him. And we don't quite know why yet in Volume 1. But Outcast Volume 1 is the deconstruction of the exorcism genre uh, through the eyes of Kyle Barnes, kind of our way into this universe that Bobby K has, uh, you know, started to unravel for us. You know, demonic possession is everywhere. Uh, you know, one character points out that in every small town and every country of the world, who is one person is possessed. And, you know, holding, 
against the storm are these very few and far between uh, outcasts. And they have, through their blood, uh, seemingly the ability to cast out demon, demonic possession. And Kyle Barnes kind of, we meet him at his lowest. Uh, and we follow his journey of self-discovery as he kind of learns what it is that he can do. And also, because of his awakening, he catches the attention of old Scratch himself. Who wants to know, can he stop this outcast? Outcast. Yeah, this, um, I remember when this book came out, I remember the... I remember not getting it for whatever reason. And I re- I remember the solicits and I don't think any of that... Like, this is a book you had to sit my butt in front of the book and make me read it. So, Paper Keg is a perfect example for that. But... This book is so scary <laughs> mm. because it feels mm. so real and it feels so... Like the uh, the addition of the real life violence between family members and mother and the abuse and and husband and wife hmm. like the the that that factor is just I mean it's a pretty scary book and this volume was a total tease at the end because I just wanted to keep reading it it was it's a fantastic read that you have to be like in the mood to be creeped out in like a a a real way (laughs) yeah um, listen one of the scariest movies I've ever seen in my entire life is The Exorcist and uh, I think that genre of horror, I think, is the most chilling. Like, there was a movie mm-hmm. a couple years back. End I think of Days, called I think. The, <laughs> the Exorcism of Emily Rose. Does that ring a bell? It does. I remember that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's always scariest when evil has a face and a name. And uh, also... When the main protagonist is is seemingly powerless against it, it's frightening. Like we, when I we watched the my wife and I watched the pilot for this after I read the book last night, mm. and uh, you know we went to bed like you know, okay, you know, you know I mean like hugging each other. Like it was just scary. Was it's, it good? The pilot. The pilot was exceptional. It was mm. good, and, and it's for her to be captured by pilot is is a tall order. And she was, well, you know, she was ready to watch the second episode. So, mm. and I think the story, I think what Kirkman does that's so good in general is he takes a genre that should be played out, you know, like zombies are played out. But he said, "All right, I'm going to take that played out genre and I'm going to make it good again. And this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it a character-driven story." And so he did. Uh, you know, essentially the same thing with Outcast. He said, "All right, I'm going to take the exorcism 
horror genre, which is played out. I mean, uh, the, you know, seven Exorcist sequels, and they're all more ridiculous than the last. But I'm going to make it a, fi- a character-driven drama, and I'm going to make it good again. And he delivers. I mean, it's a it's a good story. I mean, it and it's so well balanced. And how I mean it is, like in The Walking Dead, there's real stakes. Like people die. Like don't get attached Spoilers. to anybody. And and the same here. There's real stakes. I mean, this guy's life is ruined. And as soon as he tries to dip his toe, Kyle dips his toe back into the world and builds relationships again. You know. Um, I think Neville is his, his neighbor who he kind of reaches out to, you know, borrows his car, kind of gets back in the habit of being social and the devil himself kills him the next day. Like, so the stakes are there and they're, they're not comparable to the walking dead, but they're real. And that grounds the book in a type of reality that makes it all the more chilling. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing the last time. I actually, I think this might be the third time I read this trade and the last time I read it, I think I was going to to save like a bunch of trades to read in one sitting because I feel like Kirkman's books I prefer to read in bunches and not monthly. Mm-hmm. And yes, yeah, I think I blew through like four trades like at the the first time wow. I read it. And I love Paul as a set as art in this book. It's like Brian mm-hmm. Hitch, but more wild. Or more more dirty, mm-hmm. and it fits the book so well. He really captures emotion on the characters' faces, and the colors are beautiful. I'm not sure if it's Betty Breitweiser. Um, just a gorgeous thing to look at, which is odd to say because it's like a dark horror book. Yeah, um, I I really to add that I really noticed. I really liked how there was like the art of this small town that he lived in was just gorgeous. It was like very autumnal mm-hmm. and small town feel with these aut- autumn colors and the trees. And like, it was very like seasonal, I, I, very seasonal and beautiful and uh, just a nice setting for the book. Yeah. I, I love the idea of Maybe love isn't isn't the right word, but I was intrigued by the idea of, you know, a scenario where the husband gets in a violent altercation with his family, which would be physical abuse, you know, an assault, but there's a potential for it to not be the case and, you know, how that impacts the town and how that impacts him and his, like, lack of desire to even fight back because the real explanation is so impossible to believe yeah his wife was possessed and he tried to save the daughter like like really who would ever believe that story it's so you know insane and the idea that some of the exorcisms didn't work and they're just kind of like almost tricking the priest to just remain in hiding i thought was a great touch and like they're they're kind of don't seem like a possession because the demon is like low key hanging out in the body for the most part, depending on that the character. That was the scariest part. Yeah. That there is. Oh, go ahead. And, and the most dreadful thing is like Kirkman knows he's doing this to us, but he's like, it's natural inclination that if there's a possession, let's have a priest involved in the story. And the priest is going to be one of the two people who are, you know, kind of 
pitching in, but then like towards the end of the story, and I I can't stand to not know what moves forward. But religion, at least as far as the priest goes, may not have anything to do with exercising the demons out. So like he's going to be crushed. Kyle's going to be crushed by having to explain to him. And like he's hanging, he's on a precipice as it is. And he thinks he's like contributing or helping in some way, but he may, he may, his power may be worthless in this case. Yeah. So probably the, not the craziest, maybe I'm, I'm taking it, to the streets, as it were, with Take my enthusiasm. It to the uh, but so the the to your point, Dale, the Reverend is obviously like a man of God in the name in name only, right. and like he thinks that he is driving these demons out, and he's got it all together. But the more likely scenario is that the demons are like, yeah, okay, we'll just pretend that we're not here. You'll leave. And then we'll just be about our business. Mm-hmm. And you're like, holy crap. Like, that's, that is a, a perfect way that Kirkman takes the genre and leads it somewhere that we've never seen before. Because mm-hmm. every exorcism story always ends with the demon's out, the person's okay. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? This whole, we're going to introduce a character where essentially this whole guy's life has been worthless, he has helped essentially no one. And only now are they discovering how to really get demons out of bodies. <laughs> yeah, man. <Oof. laughs> I loved how he, I loved how he won the like the card games to pay essentially for things like to fix the church upkeep and all this other stuff. Yeah, the Reverend is a great character. He's like Father Dowling, <laughs> you know. Yeah, he's he's legitimately like he's in poker sessions for uh, fifteen to twenty four hours at a time but he Mm -hmm. comes out and he puts that money towards the roof of the church towards the bar you know the church barbecue like he's got his vice and he's talking to his poker uh poker players that he's with like frankly about religion and about his job and his viewpoint and how he handles it since he's in that position and you know it's all for that but it's he's playing for the church i mean he lives in the rectory which is just a small house behind the church and it's just a great take on a character who breaks my heart because he might not, you know, he may not have any power whatsoever. But he's going. He's like right now. He's a partner of Kyle's, but it will he be? You know, I'm, I'm telling you right now. His he's got knowing Bob Kirkman. He doesn't have a lot of time left in the mortal coil. He'll yeah. be shuffled off pretty I mean, quick. I mean, the last page of the book is the devil carving a pentagram in his chest. Like, I thought he was going to kill him. But no, killing him would be far too easy for this poor guy. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to have a pentagram carved in his chest. Like, what is the pentagram mystical in a way? Is he, does he going to have, or is it just a, a nasty-ass reminder of what's out there and what's way more powerful than him. Is he going to get religion? Like, I don't even know. And I'll tell you, read this book. The biggest selling point right now, if you, want, if you haven't checked out Comixology Unlimited yet, mm. is the first volume is in Comixology Unlimited. Only the first volume, though. So that's how they get you. You know? But. Is this the first book we've done that was in CU? Like included? Yeah, be. it might be. It might be. Hmm. 
So my only critique, and maybe Uh-oh. this is Uh-oh. more Jesus. of a mind. maybe we shouldn't do that. Of a he- hang on, maybe it's more of a head scratcher since I haven't read ahead. Uh-oh. But we run right to the devil as the antagonist, mm. like the devil himself. Or well, that's what I was kind of a head scratcher. Or he does not name himself. Have you as the devil? But mm. he seems pretty. Conf- I mean, we as the reader are pretty confident that that's who it is. Or are you? <laughs> my my one, I think my fate my sleeper favorite part of this book is the lettering. I thought the lettering was very uh, different than any other comic book that's out there. It felt like uh, a refined version of the Executioner song lettering that I that I loved, oh, which was yeah. like. You know the 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 font, and then got like bold and red on bigger words and stuff. And this was a very tamed version of that. It was kind of a smaller font. Like I I sometimes read full page books on my Nexus Six P, but I almost couldn't because the font was a little smaller. So I went I turned it sideways, and Didn't some of the enunciated words were over there. in Next caps, eye. like bold caps. And I, I, it's just a style that I I don't think I've seen in other books. Mm. So I thought yeah. that was a, a very smart choice to do. So it's, I mean, it's just, I don't know. Kyle is like, the more you learn, you're, you're right. Slim brought it up, but like everything he's had to internalize because of the story is so crazy. But everything from him, uh, you know, the accusations of him beating his wife to like, that's how, that's how they found him with his mom. But his mom was so abusive that it's kind of like, he finally had enough and he lashed out to his mom. But really, like, she was a prisoner inside that demon's mind, soul, the whole time. And now she's, like, he lashed out, unfortunately, so badly to make the beating stop and to drive the demon away, which he didn't know he was doing at the time. But now she's hospitalized. She can't speak. The only thing she can do is cry tears out of her poor little eyes. So you don't even, like, she's... She understands what he had to do, but now Sydney, the devil, is paying her a visit. She's crying. It's all internalized in Kyle's mind. Like it's it's a fantastic story, and I never gave it the credit it deserves when it came out back in the day. But I tell you, Kyle Barnes is like one of your circle of friends gets like convicted of murder, and like. Two years later, it gets overturned in appeals court, and like he's acquitted, but you still right. never invite him over for dinner ever again. Because <laughs> right, exactly. you're just like, man, that guy is messed up. <laughs> it's like he's never, he wasn't convicted, but. But, uh-huh. you know, let's not take the chance. You know, there's no point in rolling the dice on that one. Yeah. Now, there's a few. There, well, the one thing I mentioned, I think, is volume two or volume three. There's some there's some really good stuff. They expand on you know the idea that potentially there's other demons out there. There's a really great scene where Kyle has like a flip out moment at a gas station, and like all the patrons in the gas station kind of turn and look at him, and you as the reader are unsure, and he is unsure if they are, you know, demons on the down low, oh, and just geez. kind of like is this guy, you know, up? It's almost like th- it's like them. Almost, mm-hmm. you know, where you're not sure who's who. Yeah, like so, body snatchers. Yeah. The question. Um, sure. So, 
fire away. One, one of the questions, my, you know, that my wife and I had, uh, well, me from the book and her from the pilot. It seems like the demons want to suck out Outcast's soul. Is like, is he food for them? Ultimately, is he a target? I didn't quite get that read on, Jonesy. You're just going to read on. That's how they get you. And I I mean, the the name outcast, they call him an outcast, which means like whatever's in his blood signifies that he's what the demons call outcast. But he's also an outcast from society. Like there's all these layers. Mm. Mm. God, so Mm. good. So good. I remember when this TV show was shopped around and AMC said no. It was too. There's an ant on the microphone. Classic basement. <laughs> Classic, Classic roommate. Ants own me and this family. There's this. AMC said it was too violent for them, and I was Ooh. like, okay, hold on. We all remember the sh- the scene where they slit your throat in front of the TV camera in Walking Dead, and it was the most despicable thing I've ever seen on television. How is it possibly more violent for AMC? And then I think it was revealed that the scene in the first issue where Kyle is like beating up the kid. I think AMC balked at that scene. They're like, no way we can't do this. Yeah. So that's, you you guys didn't see the pilot that's in there. And also probably the most disgusting thing I've ever seen on television. Oh my God. Is worse, worse than that walking dead scene. So there's a, there, well, it involves children and like, you know, since becoming a parent, I really can't handle violence against kids on TV or movies. Like, it really gets to my... Like, it makes me upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this this eight, nine-year-old kid is possessed. So he's in his bedroom, and he slams his own face against the wall to where it breaks the tissue, uh, and then he uh. eats it off of the wall. <laughs> and it's a nine-year-old oh kid. Like, it God. wasn't even... Like, I couldn't even laugh. I was so upset. That obviously it's an actor. Obviously it's a stunt. The kid's not hurt, but it's a, it's a kid. Like I can't handle violence against me. kids. It gets you know. It's wild. I, I was. Upset. It's wild to me that AMC, that like AMC would say no, and that Kirkman. Uh, you know, I have no idea if this has actually happened, but like Kirkman would say like, okay, let's cut that scene out. I want to be on AMC. You know, AMC has been pretty good to me. Yeah. Right. I feel like it, like like Cinemax. Like I didn't even know the show had started yet. Like I feel like that's an indication that, you know, Cinemax yeah. might isn't the ideal home. <laughs> I I just and and honestly, I before reading the book and maybe with uh, if Jonesy didn't say anything about it, the teaser trailer for Outcast I remember months ago, I had, I could not gather enough information to sell me on it from the the teaser trailer. Mm. Yeah, had I not. Had we not kind of last minute suggested this volume, mm. I don't think, I mean, I'm glad I'm discovered, I discovered Outcast. Like, I, I'm compelled to keep reading. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm a sucker for street level mythology based stories. Uh, and had I not read this book, I never would have sought out the show. But all I had to do is pick up my remote and say, you know, TV, play Outcast. Like, I didn't have to look hard for it. Huge oh. X1 Excel so, plug right now. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Sponsored by my best friends at Comcast. X One Shill, Jonesy loves beer. So was the pilot good? It was great. It was really good. I I recommend you watch it. Face chunk meat aside. Yeah, aside from that, uh, you know. (laughs) Well, in the comic, the kid like eats his fingers, right? That's in there too. 
Oh my god! Yeah. I feel like you could have had one or the other. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was excess, excessive to have both. And the part where they reveal, like the kids, like um, how about the part where he's got to like drizzle his own blood into a child's mouth? Yeah, that, <laughs> you know, listen, there wasn't a lot to like, <laughs> you know, when it comes to that stuff. But overall, the, the bottom line, there wasn't was a lot good. to like as far as kids are concerned in the show. Yeah, so the part where they reveal the kids eating his own finger, I think, like, my wife jumped out of her skin. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> but I mean, should, uh, that being now, said, like, we're going to keep watching it. Now one night, you should, after the kids are in bed, you should freak her out and just, like, hang out in front of the cabinet until she says something. Oh, no, no, I got to like, I got I to tell you this oh story. Oh, my God, that'd be amazing. Yeah. I got to tell you this like, story. Put, like, meat on your fingers yeah. and start eating <laughs> yes, your finger. Yeah. So we watched <laughs> Outcast. Like, we watched Outcast last night. We're going to bed. And I, she had gone to bed first. I was downstairs. She called me upstairs. She's like, something's wrong with the lights. <laughs> and the... Uh, and the main light kept going on and off and we were legit freaking out. I just popped the back of the sensor remote and like the battery was dying. Like it was fixed. But she was like, we just watched Outcast. She just got in the bed and the main light just keeps blinking on and turn it off. And she's, she's waking you out. You should have re- replaced the light and slowly walked to the exit of the bedroom and then slammed your hand on the wall. <laughs> and then eaten my own forehead skin. <laughs> just to freak her out, you know, just once. Sure, it'll be worth it. You could probably go do that a second time. I am so I have such naivete about pranks. My wife could probably get over, you know, get over on me in any scary situation. So I don't even play that game. I don't I'd ever try to scare anybody and I'll prank anybody because I couldn't handle the reverse. Oh man, I get Amanda. Amanda tries to get me all the time, but it's just as easy as if they're in the bathroom, you just stand outside of the bathroom door. <laughs> so when she opens the door, you're there. Right. You don't even have to make a noise. You just stand there. She stamps you with her toothbrush or something. Like, just get you right in the ear. Yeah, you better hope her reaction isn't instant violence. Yeah. No, it, it's like, it's always the quiet reaction where it's like, you don't yell, but you're like, your fear turns to rage where you're like, Jesus. For <laughs> one time, uh, Katie scared Jack and, you know, he just punched her. Like, he just... <laughs> Boom. His first reaction was to throw a punch and it clocked her right in the jaw. Oh, nice. boy. Good times. Outcast Volume 1, delightful. Delightful. Check it out. Here you go first. You're just joining us. This is Hour 4 of the Paper Dead <laughs> Podcast about the on the letters. So we have 13 minutes left in the show. Oh, boy. How many letters we got? Five? Six? I'd say six or seven. Oh! That's, a, that's an overstatement. I don't know. Uh, no, it's not seven letters. We got your letters I'm gonna open them up Farrington's gonna read them To you Letters at paperkeg.com Shoot us a letter with my radar on the era Our first letter Comes to us from Exceptional friend of the show uh, At Karate Chop He writes Hey keggers I goof around a lot but if I can be serious for a minute, no Jimmy McNulty gifts, no Rocket League trolling of Jonesy. Here comes Jonesy. Uh, nothing prepares you as a parent for when a doctor says the words lifelong incurable disease. Uh, this is the conversation my wife and I found ourselves having two years ago while our six-year-old was hospitalized during her first ulcerative colitis flare. Uh, once we wrapped our heads around what was happening, the first resource we were directed to was the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America. 
the CCFA uh, was a beacon as we nav- navigated those first weeks of our daughter's diagnosis. Now, not only does the organization support research initiatives and clinical studies, but it also directly and positively impacts the lives of kids living with IBD by doing things like hosting summer camps across the country or money given to CCFA is money well spent. Actually, one of the few things that kept me from dwelling on my daughter's situation at the time was listening to this podcast on my commute. So, PK fans, if you were ever having a bad day and Dale made you laugh, uh, the Carmine Infantino eulogy is untouchable, in my opinion. Maybe throw a few bucks at these guys. I would be grateful. Uh, thanks, fellas, for inspiring with your fitness journey, supporting the CCFA, and for making things a little bit better every week. It means a lot. And that's our friend Karate Chop, uh, also known as Sean. And it's uh, just great to have you in our lives, Karate. Mm, well said. Yeah, that's a wonderful letter. Thank you for your support, uh, Karate. And absolutely, man. This is thanks for your support too. I mean, your your generous donation is uh, fueling our fire. I am rubbing mm. light. I'm starting with a you know a lighter grade sandpaper, but I'm going deeper and deeper. He's sanding the bottom of my feet to ensure. <laughs> and they probably, when 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 the CCF, CFA crew uh, sees my uh, my portly, round, underside belly peeking out f- like upside down from a shirt, they'll probably think that I have some sort of uh, Crohn's or colitis issue and I'm just running for myself. So, you know, I could, if I can be out there representing... Tell when I show up wobbly on that knee like a tomato on two toothpicks with my little wrap on, they're gonna be like, Sir, we we, we could use some help handing out waters if you just would like to stand over here as I gently volunteer, sir. They're speaking to you very loudly. (laughs) Like like for some reason my limp also means I'm deaf. Yeah. (laughs) And I agree with karate, the Carmen Infantino eulogy episode was untouchable. Uh, next up, uh, my name is Brad, and I'm a comic-holic. Dear Keggers, thank you. Thank you for entertaining me week after week. Thank you for influencing me to read so many wonderful books I wouldn't have known about otherwise. Thank you for having similar, reaffirming opinions as my own, like Slim with Stray Bullets. Thank you for challenging me with differing opinions with da- like Dale with Stray Bullets. Thank you for your fitness updates, which have been a huge inspiration for me to get off my A and get healthier, going from 224 to 167 pounds over the last wow, year. Wow, nice. Fantastic. Nice weight loss. Thank you for rubbing off of me so much that I've adopted one letter cursing and bib into my everyday vocabulary. Thank you for making me randomly laugh when something reminds me of the show and then have to awkwardly explain to my wife, oh, sorry, it was just something Jonesy said. And then having to explain my, to my wife, oh, sorry, Jonesy is this guy on this podcast I listen to about comic books. Thank you for essentially being friends. Oh, I've, yeah. I've, I, that was, I read that letter and I thought that was one of the best sentences I've ever read regarding the show, ever. I just got tingles up my back uh, reading it again. I mean, that is, that's literally has been just the nicest thing I might have ever read mm-hmm. about ever since doing this show for five or six years. Yeah, I think we got this during San Diego Comic-Con or right before it. So you were probably, you know, wheeling and dealing, doing interviews, checking your email between interviews. Doing live TV Mendo. spots. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, on, on the new the ne- local news. KUSI San Diego's news channel. KUSI San Diego News Channel. I've listened for a few years, but I'm just finally writing in because I need your advice. You've previously given recommendation recommendations recommendations as to how to stay engaged with comics when a reader is feeling burnt out. I'm having the exact opposite problem. Between the awesome stories Marvel is doing, a renewed love of DC with, with Rebirth, and all the incredible creator-owned books, I'm reading way too many monthlies. I need to cut back. I'm going to run out of time and money to do anything else. The problem is I can't decide which titles to cut. I get stuck in situations where every time I tell myself I can do without, let's say, Wonder Woman, I remember it's Rucka. Rucka! How can I not read Rucka? Any suggestions on how to buckle down and actually cut some titles off my pool list? Or do I just ride the high while it lasts? My three-year-old probably doesn't need a college fund anyway, right? At the risk of exhausting the two words even more, thank you again. That is uh, all his best, Brad, at Ellis underscore Geech on the Twitter. If you uh, find PK, you can probably find him through there. Just hit him up. P.S. That you probably don't want to read... Oh, on there. <laughs> P.S. That you probably don't want to read on air because I'm, I'm not trying to advertise for them, but thought it was a fun fact. Last July, I went on a program to help kickstart my weight loss. Its name? Naturally Slim. That's how, and that's funny, and that's how Slim ends every one of his emails. <laughs> Naturally, this has been Slim. Uh, that was a great letter. letter. Thank you very much, uh, at Ellis underscore Geech. So wait, uh, he, had a qu- he had a question there, right? Oh, my recommendation, how to stop reading comic books. Uh, <laughs> remove the bu- remove the round table or the, bu- the uh, round table <laughs> yeah, segment exactly. from your podcast. Start a podcast, do it for five years, and remove the round table. And believe me, you'll never look back. Um, that's a good question. I always, which is really, really bad. It's a really, it's tough. I don't envy you, Ellis, because that is the toughest thing. But... I always think about what what's going to come out the most frequently and what could you possibly read collected. Like maybe not Wonder Woman, maybe one of the more even more mainstream titles than that, maybe. I don't know. I don't and I don't know because you want to stay like those monthly big two kind of titles you really want to I'd say ride it while it lasts. You know, and then eventually maybe like if, uh, you know, with the all new super Marvel, all new now coming again, like maybe you find a time to s- just to have a clean break. Like, OK, this is a you know, this is the third last. This is number 13, the last issue of this, you know, for example, Spider-Man or whatever before they reboot them again. Let's just clean break and try to phase that out. And then maybe you can you can catch up on it at a different time. But ride it, ride the wave, because it's not going to be like this forever. Because you will get burnt out, you will burn yourself out, which is natural, you know? Yeah, it'll happen. I'd say I also agree, ride the wave while you're still in love. Ride the wave. (laughs) Uh, Next letter comes to us from a friend of the show, Joel Nieto. Mm -hmm. Still don't know, he told us how to pronounce it, still don't know if I'm doing it right. Uh, he writes, hashtag late to the party. 
Uh, hey guys, Comic-Con is here again, and with it comes the Comixology sales hard-eyed emoji. These creator showcases provide great opportunities for those who want to catch up on any books they might have skipped over the years. And hot D, have I been feeling pretty good about my purchases? Just a smiley face emoji. One series yes. in particular has been scratching an itch deep inside my kimono I didn't even know I had. These past few nights, my routine has been hitting the Stairmaster, lathering down with some Irish Spring Moisture Blast, in case you're wondering, and he provides a screen grab of the bar and mentioned a 10-pack, you know, so he's serious. And finally, clutching my iPad as I crawl into bed and baby powdered up and ready to rock and roll. Uh, sunglasses emoji. So without further ado, here's my listener lightning round for, and this is a this is some stamina. <laughs> Invincible volumes one to nine, Ooh. written by our very own Robert Kirkman with art by Corey Walker and Ryan Otley. Met Ryan Otley once; he's a good guy. Nine volumes in, and I still find myself marveling at this team's ability to craft heroic lore. Innovative enough to keep me guessing with every turn of the digital page. That was a very good uh, lightning round. I mean, before he even was a great finishes, sentence. Before he even finishes, let's extend this podcast a little longer. Let's just <laughs> say it. Issue 300. Yeah? Yeah. We just get crazy with Invincible. Oh let's do the whole series for episode 300. It's 150 mm-hmm. issues, something like no that. Comment. Right? No comment. Uh, no just comment. Just me executive producing, you know. No comment. Uh, whether it's the shocking revelation that Redacted is Redacted or the jaw-dropping deaths of Redacted, Redacted, or Redacted, each volume provides me new reasons to regret having ignored Don, Don and my all-time favorite host recommendations of this series all those years ago. I think he means Don Garvey, uh, former host of uh, Radio Free Echo Rift. Uh, thanks again for being the best darn place on the internet for misfits like myself to talk comics and for the entire PK catalog of content, <laughs> except for that Paper Cake West show. <laughs> Sorry, but that one was a bit rough, even for this Die in the Wolf fan. Uh, you know, if we could figure out how to, to eliminate, you know, if I could walk into the Quantum Leap Accelerator and leap back into my previous self, I would try to write what once went wrong. And you know, let's, Wh- let's Which one was he talking West. about? Paper Cake West. Uh, the, remember the Paper Cake West podcast? Yeah. It was a neat experiment. The show that gets brought up on here maybe once every 18 months or two years. <laughs> their uh, their next episode could be just days away. Uh, sincerely, at Nieto underscore NMS on the Twitter. P.S. What series have the PK crew ever held off only to binge read years later? That for me was The Walking Dead. I think there were 70 issues in when I finally jumped in. Hmm. Mm. I can't think of one that I did. I think we always say it was going to be Astro City, but it never happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exa- yeah that's a very good observation. Uh, maybe Hellboy for me, or Sandman. Right? Sandman is the one we thought we'd never read. Now we we just did Volume Three for the show. Mm. Yeah, that's not really binge. We're not binging it, you know. You know, it just slap you your face. Idiot saying. F. I'm so idiot. out of line. I'm just saying. God, I'm such a D. The Nam, I'll tell you that. Mm. Binge that sucks. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, next up. 
Mm. Hey, gang. I actually have a story of a total beehole who hated on Hellboy. And this is from uh, at Troy to the Max, host of the uh, Off Topic Review Review Podcast, and also the Imperious Rex YouTube show that may or may not be ending. You would have to uh, obviously be involved with our Slack channel for. Oh yeah, any we were that supposed to of, mention that. Any that sort of inf- insider information. The time, my senior year of high school, the place, my American history classroom. As class was getting started, we were all chatting about our weekends, and myself, just seeing the movie, started talking it up. My teacher catches wind of that and stands on a salty soapbox on how the movie sucks and wouldn't even hear a voice of reason. My blood begins to boil. Recently in that class, we watched Dead Poet Society, and don't get me wrong, the movie's fine, but I lashed out saying, at least it wasn't that snooze fest about reading poetry in caves. It was nothing any more out of line than what he was going on about Hellboy, and yet he told me to see him after class, and with that, <laughs> had to serve a detention after school. I stuck it to him and didn't show. That man wow. is now the mayor of the small town I live in, <laughs> cementing the fact that democracy I've been in and out of jail ever since. <laughs> and there's no justice in life. Speaking of justice, what are your thoughts on the Justice League trailer? I think it's an overcorrection from Bat vs. Soups, but I'm still excited to see more. Anyways, mm. keep up the good work, and see you on the slacks and tweets at Troy to the Max on Twitter. Mm. How about that guy, Mayor of uh, Hating Hellboy? <laughs> That's probably how he got the job. Put it on his resume. Mm-hmm. Yep. He probably ran on that platform. I promise I will never have Hellboy in the county library. Yep. There's Bible. Uh, there's people in the Bible Belt. If that's where he's from, I don't. I don't even think that's where he's from. I think he's from I Chicago. I think Justice. I think Justice League looks great. I think Wonder Woman looks even better. Honestly, I think Wonder Woman is gonna kill. That trailer was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Justice thought, League. Eh. What? I didn't watch the Justice League trailer. Spoilers. Uh, well, you don't no like watching trailers. You like you're like some kind of trailer oddball. You like don't even read about a movie. You don't even watch the trailer. You know, all you yeah, see are the cardboard standouts in the theater when you scurry in there at 11, 8, yeah. 11 p.m. at night. <laughs> and it's, and I somehow, I don't, I feel fine. And the way I live, I feel fine. I, I thought, yeah, I'll tell you what I want. I want a Batman, Wonder Woman buddy comedy. I think those two together are going to be the best parts of Justice League. Like a lethal weapon style, you know, Bruce Wayne's mm-hmm. getting too old for this ass. This could be Zack Snyder's redemption song. You know, Justice League, the movie. Is he directing? Yeah. Jail? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rest in peace, DC movie universe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Our our next letter, quick follow-up, also from Troy to the Max. Uh, He writes in Major League Shade. Throwing my hat in here again, I like the tight group that's a part of the Slack chat. But I wish everyone could have seen Slim take it to Kevin Smith earlier today. Alleged. Comedy gold, Troy to the max. Uh, there's no proof. What happens sl- there's in Slack. no, you know, what, what happens in Slack stays in Slack. I uh, cannot c- confirm nor deny that Slim did probably the most uh, magnetic and polarizing impression of Kevin Smith I'd ever seen <laughs> in text form. Magnetic. <laughs> Listen, if you want to get in this Slack business, you have to DM you know, uh, San Francisco's Democratic Party correspondent, Matt H.H., 
He has got the invites to the Paper Cake Slack if you want to get in. Yeah, Matt HH on Twitter. And uh, come join us. Have fun. Have some fun in uh, Slack. Maybe we might make Just an appearance. Just to be warned, it's got the worst GIF apparatus I've seen in my adult life. <laughs> so if you're into GIFs, don't join. Next up, we have a uh, fabled and famous listener lightning round. Hey, guys. Mm. Just popping in with not one, but two listener liking rounds. First up, Lobster Johnston, Metal Monsters of Midtown, number one through three, by Mignola, Arcuti, and Tonchi Zonjic. You don't have to know a single thing about Lobster Johnston or the supporting cast of characters to enjoy this story. A solid, sci-fi, pulpy page-turner from start to finish. This one comes a little late, but second is the Netflix original series Stranger Things. Imagine a mashup of E.T., Akira, Poltergeist, and the Goonies with a dash of Close Encounters, and if you've, got, you, you've got your new favorite binge-worthy TV show. Lastly, Jonesy, I've been loving your energy, babe. Keep it up. Also, sorry I couldn't have seen you in Tahoe. We were so close to a tiny California PK meetup. I know, Sean, I feel bad. I was, it was a wedding weekend, and there was literally no way to tear myself away. There was so much activity. Yeah, he was watching kids. He was, you know, seeing Sting and Paper Gabriel without me in Tahoe. Mm-hmm. He was hitting the craps table. He's got his kid on one shoulder, you know, wife behind him. He had to hit the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I put all my money on the yell. I was hitting 12s on the pass line. Come oh, on. Look out. Here we go. Gambling, gambling, gambling. Gailing, Gailing, this is me. He's got a problem, idiot F. (laughs) (laughs) I got the bug in me. I got the bug in me now. My goodbye family. (laughs) Thank you, uh, at Under an Anchor. Stranger Things, you heard at the uh, top of the hour. The music, that's right, that I shocked Jonesy with. Quarter two, 2018, Dale will be like, you guys watch your Stranger Things show yet? Huh? You don't have to dig so deep. Okay. (laughs) I mean, everyone everyone on Twitter is... Jacking it all over the show. <laughs> Sucking its collective D, let me oh tell you. God. It is good, I though. I couldn't take it anymore. I had to start getting into it. Even Amanda was like, can we watch it? Can we watch it? Let's get it over with. Mm. You know what did. I thought was the biggest miss of this summer TV Matthew, season? What? Vice Principals. Vice Principals? What is now, that? HBO, um, what's his name? The guy you hate. Uh, you hate his guts. Kevin Smith. Uh, can't stand him. Now the Wheaton. other one. Danny McBride. Oh, God. You yeah. should have seen, uh, reminds me of Slim's uh, impression of Danny McBride in Slack the other day. <laughs> Spot on, magnetic. Polarizing. Man, Danny, Danny McBride's career. Mm. You know, I, I respect Slim. anyone that can go out and get paid. I respect the hell out of him. Except for Danny McBride. But I feel like he was just a poor man's Will Ferrell at a certain point. Ooh. Man. That's the vibe that I got. I'm not saying he is that. That's my vibe. You know, he's a great guy. Respect ever, the hell out of him. You ever met him? So Respect let me, him. Let me, let me pit, pitch this situation. Danny McBride writes a comic book, and Comicsology says, would you please interview Danny McBride? Your answer is... Of course he would. Cr- cross that bridge when we get to it, Jonesy. And he's going to excise this audio from the show. It's never going to see the light of day. I might be sick that day. <laughs> I do, I mean, you guys, let's talk about Stranger Things, but I do have some interjections post that, maybe in the fireside, about Danny Brickbride-related 
IP. But uh, Stranger Things, please. Uh, okay. I don't think we. I don't. I'm not comfortable talking about it until Dale sees it. Yeah, I think. I'm not gonna. Okay. Not gonna go into it. Not mm-hmm. even one iota. I mean, right. yes, you will. You will we- hear Twitter uh, collectively say and speak for me, probably, or else I be treated like uh, Linda Hamilton in <laughs> Children of the Corn. <laughs> Start calling you Malachi. <laughs> I thought maybe you gave me that tweet because you saw it and you were realizing that I was going against the grain. And no, that's why I you just sent know, that tweet. I just know you were going against the grain. so you were. And I didn't want to be, you know, I'm not the contrarian Slim. You know, he's in the past. He's mm-hmm. been retired. I just, it's almost like you can't not, if you, have, if you say one negative thing about Stranger Things, people are literally consummating yeah. marriages on the covers, the posters of Stranger, Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah, they're printed yeah. out and standing on, like, each. The bride stands on one of them. The husband yeah, stands on one of them. They're doing it standing up. I don't know what's happening on this yeah. thing. So, hey, God I'm forbid sorry. I throw something out there about Matthew Modine's awful accent that he had in the movie. Miscast. Get him out of here. How about his terrible hair? How, the Safe. only thing I remember Matthew Modine ever being in is, maybe you guys can help me. He's like a landlord to these awful people but they won't get out of his house or something that's the only movie I remember Matthew Modine ever being what about Dark Knight Exorcism Rises? of Emily Rose that was that movie oh. Dark Knight Rises he plays uh, what's his face uh, God, he, was a, did, he was a D-nose in that movie too yeah I don't think he's ever been a likable person uh, probably I a thought, great, gra- I great thought guy that he, they casted Matthew Modine I think we should do a Stranger Things episode honestly maybe maybe when Dale watches it but I think they casted Matthew Modine Fifty percent because he was like an '80s actor. Yeah, well, same thing I think with Winona Ryder. She was, you know, in Heather's in the '80s, right? Very right. Yeah, she movie. was in a bunch of stuff in the '80s. I tell you who my favorite character was. Hop. I love that guy. I don't remember what's that the kid with the curly that's, hair. That's no, the chief, police chief. Oh yeah. All right. No, you're, that was toothless. <laughs> I, I I can't decide whether I want to punch that kid in the face or have him read me the paper. We'll save it, save it for our PK episode on Stranger Things with Dale underscore yeah. A. Our final letter. Stay tuned. Uh, and this is a, a great letter, too. I mean, just some very nice letters tonight. Pretty We're going to end it with another great one. Uh, it's entitled Letters from the One of the Quiet Majority. And, uh, gents, for the past several years, I have been a routine listener and or consumer of the Paper Keg podcast. I can't exactly remember how I found the podcast, but I think I stumbled into it after looking to see if anyone was talking about Infinity Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Regardless, uh, but after giving it a go, I've been hooked ever since. Even with the departure of a fellow DC head, uh, rest in peace, Mark. The podcast has rarely missed a beat, and perhaps the biggest testament for the quality of your show is that my wife, despite having a zero interest in comics, actually enjoys listening to it and the flap. Uh, Dale's diaper debacle at Target being her fave. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, As a kid, I grew up reading Spider-Man, Punisher, and Superman titles, but lost my regular ties to the books for almost two decades while college, career, etc. came uh, into priority. Uh, for whatever reason, the new 52 launch got me reinterested in comics, and ever since That's I've awesome. been a regular reader. Uh, your podcast has been a great avenue for me to learn about titles I wouldn't have otherwise heard of or read. Uh, my favorites being Gotham Central, Fury Max, and Lazarus. 
Really enjoyed the recent coverage of Reign of the Superman and Return of Superman. Those took me back to the books that first drew me into comics. Uh, so I send this note as a thank you uh, for all of the podcasts you guys have done. As a recently new father myself, uh, my son Xavier is almost 20 months. Congrats. Congratulations. Uh, I have a great appreciation for the commitment you guys have to make to do this podcast and balance your families and jobs, etc. Finally, I have the pleasure, albeit very brief, to meet Slim at SDCC this past week, which was a very cool moment. Mm. Uh, Now that Stanley is getting up there in years, I think a case can be made that Slim may, in fact, be the busiest man in San Diego at the convention. (laughs) Uh, You know, he's just putting on airs. Uh, Thanks again, and I hope to drop another note in the near future with a little more actual comic talk. Respectfully, Dave G., at Daver25 on the Twitter, D-A-V-E-R 25 on the Twitter. Thank you for that stupendous letter. Thank you very much, Dave. What a letter. Uh, that's, a, that's a super nice letter, Dave. Um, I know you're on Twitter. I mean, stay engaged with us, man. That's that's really nice. I didn't know you were with us. You've been with us for so long, I guess maybe because, you know, it's tough when you don't when you're not like interacting with people on Twitter constantly, you don't really know your audience. I mean, we know there's people out there listening, but, and we love everybody, but, uh, you know, that's really nice of you to say. And it's really cool. You've got freaking got to meet slim at San Diego. Slim, do you want to set up the, uh, I mean, did you, uh, was he in line with some sort of trading card? Uh, oh, actually, I, I, you I thought because you don't remember. No, I I was gonna I was trying to figure out how I wanted to start the story, but um, I know Dave's tweets from wrestling tweets, but he doesn't have a picture of himself on his Twitter account. So that always throws me for a loop when I meet someone on from that I know from Twitter. So it's like weird seeing them because I always have this kind of preconceived idea of what these people look like. Mm-hmm. And Dave, it was not that he was kind of like the skinnier guy with tattoos, and uh, so it was cool to meet him. And he sent me this super nice DM about the show, uh, and he ended up buying um, a, a print from, I can't remember if it was a print or an actual page, from Patrick Gleason from Superman. Wow. Mm. wow. And it was it just looks gorgeous. Hopefully I was allowed to say that. I just pulled a Jonesy revealing oh, uh, Twitter DM topic. Especially if his wife listens to you. Oh, my God. <laughs> but it was gorgeous. Just and I, he just said some of the nicest things, uh, you know, a guy could ever read, and I, I just thought it was just a great, um, nice gesture of him. And um, so yeah, it was cool meeting him. But unfortunately, every time I saw Tim, um, Timo Thief, Tim Croshaw on Twitter, there oh, I see yeah. him kind of every San Diego. He said hello. Unfortunately, every time I like saw someone. I was like about to interview someone in the back of the booth or Tim saw me like right before a panel. So I felt like a real D head saying, I'm like, Oh God, I gotta go do this thing. So it was a bummer. I didn't really get to hang out. These were all like two minute meetings, but, and then I just had that moment where I sent out that tweet today about how easy it is to forget how many people that I've met that we've met just because of podcasting. I think it's very easy to lose sight of that. And I just had a moment today where I thought about it for a little while and it was great. I feel like Slim, you get recognized like off the street. You know, That's people are just true. like, hey, are you no. are you that Slim from Paper Keg? And then you guys high five. <laughs> Although one person did recognize my Nerdcast shirt one day in a 7-Eleven. 
a couple of years ago. Oh I thought God, that was pretty wow. funny. <laughs> An odd thing. Did you so, tell them who you are? You were like, yeah, I was a listener. No, you know, they, you wanted, you they didn't say hello cool. in the 7-Eleven. They like Twittered me and asked if I was just in a 7-Eleven. And I said, uh, yes. <laughs> that's great. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I thought it was great. Great trip. Great to see people that I, you know, sometimes interact with once a year or otherwise haven't done yet. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, because, you know, like we have like, we're imprinted, we're bonded with these people that have interacted us with us in some way on Twitter, written us. And it's, uh, it's really swell to, to kind of meet the people that you've kind of this connection with, even if it's one sided most times, like where they're just Mm -hmm. listening or whatever your, your, uh, your tweet very sweet today thank you very sweet yeah. you're sweet i've been having trouble with twitter lately i'm just going to put it out there i'm going to part the komodo part i am up. laying back like like leaning on one elbow on the rattan mat mm-hmm. my <laughs> shoes are obviously are outside of the tea house i don't wear my T- shoes inside on the rattan uh, I, i've closed the rice paper sliding <laughs> wall and whatever's left is just me being vulnerable in a 100% pure silk embroidered kimono about the, uh, this, this, I mean, the barely any hair on my upper thighs, but that's <laughs> all you can see, maybe more. <laughs> but it's been, it's like double Dutch with uh, this Twitter lately, ever so, like before Boston, but I was unplugged from Twitter in Boston. And it was the best moments of your life. <laughs> I just can't, like I'm almost thankful for that uh, you know when you check Twitter and it's like the things you missed section near the top of your timeline mm. Mm. I'm thankful for that now because I can't I don't find myself scrolling down to where I last left off after a big chunk of time and catching up on everything because I just don't like I don't ha- I don't I feel too overwhelmed and maybe it's because like in the past year I started following a lot more people because why not like Especially if they're going to follow me, um, but I don't know. So that's me and well, my Twitter and, story. So and, I rely with my. I wanted to say with my tweet deck, scroll all the way to the right, and the paper keg account info is there, and at least I can see tweets, any and all tweets from you and uh, Slim Jonesy hmm. and Slim hmm. via the paper keg. Account. Well, it's it's, a, it's long known that you're one half of the Fave Brothers. You and Jonesy, the Fave Brothers. You know, it's it's like a there's some kind of automatic real thing. faving that happens on those tweets. It's it's instantaneous, mm-hmm. and uh, so now you're also both known for having. I feel like we should this this should be fireside material. So maybe I'll loop in some kind of outro music. But <laughs> you both are very against muting people. Have you have have either one of you turned the corner on the muting? Because you, I follow I, a bunch of I people. Have. But you know, I'm very, very happy with muting for a period of time. I I uh, I use the mute, but I you know, I don't even with that the the amount of people I don't have mute is still staggering. Mm. You know what I mean? I, but I'll I'll go well go easy. Pe- I'll go free free being with the uh, <laughs> the mute button. If you're going to start live tweeting a show or or something, you you're you're on my convention. Mute, so I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, tweet. Uh, the only th- the function I miss about Tweetbot is like the 24-hour mute. Oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, 
I was oh, a good tweet thing. bot. That's right. Just give me a day. Just give me give me a breath. Let me take a breath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A breath. Wow. What a I show. was crazy against muting. And you then I felt that like my connection to social media just made me uh angry for no reason. Here's the real so. here's the real question. Mm. Have you have either one of you muted or unfollowed that comic book uh news account that shall not be named? That caused a lot of consternation offline in the G chats. I don't think I ever oh. followed it. Yeah, Joseph, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think uh, I don't think I ever followed it. The only one I ever followed was superhero hype. But then every time I would go to read a link, it would take me to a sponsor, like every oh. single time. So I uh, I had to. Uh, do what must be. I made it do what it do. Hmm. You know? And that's like me not catching up on my Twitter timeline. I have lists for everything else and me not reading my lists, I'm pretty much like, I might as well be living off the grid because that's the only source of new, way I get my news is reading, used to read Twitter lists and I don't, I barely do that anymore. So, you know, I don't know. I don't I know what that. major announcements came out of San Diego Comic Con hmm. in San Diego, California. Mm-hmm. Last week? No? Mm. Yeah, something to think about. Something that makes you think. Really makes you think. Next week, uh, I don't know what our book club is. Next week. You know what? We Podcast got, uh, volume two. We got Charles Forsman lined up pretty quick. Could be next week if we wanted to Could do be. It. Next week, the first appearance, mint condition, Chuck Forsman on Paper Keg. Oh, man. Long time coming. Man alive. Dakota North. Chuck, Chuck, Chuck I hope I'm not uh, speaking. <laughs> I hope you're available. Speaking out of turn. Chuck's probably got some hot to trot convention he's a guest for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he won't make it. Chuck won't make his own show. <laughs> we'll see everybody next week. Love you. Fireside? Oh, I thought that was Fireside. I was going to add in the music there and then. <laughs> you should leave the uh, hit and stop. <laughs> leave that <in> the <laughs> Maybe show. that'll be the Fireside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's my, tw- that's my Twitter story, guys. I mean, I. Mm-hmm. And this is going to sound weird, and I'm going to. It's like sometimes I'm pretty good. You know, I don't want this where I sound braggy, but then I, I crawl to slim on my knees with this weird problem and slim just thinks I'm like, you know, ID 10 T user, but 
not all of Slim's retweets come through on my timeline. I have to check Paper Keg's timeline to see retweets that come really? through. Did you yeah. mute my retweets? No, I didn't. I would really? never. What kind of retweets don't show? Wrestling gifts? Some of them. Some of the wow. wrestling gifts. I'm, I'm definitely going to start watching this, this. Uh, this new thing, though. Which one's that? This new the thing. CW, the Cruiserweight yeah. Championship? Yeah. Cruiserweight Classic? My, get into my word. We're just going to be talking about it whenever we can. Fudge. Let's start a Cruiserweight Classic podcast. Oh, my God. It's gonna and be do one episode. And then we get too busy and never do it again. Much like our Tom Cruise podcast. That's coming back. <laughs> sure, we missed the, the beautiful tie-in, born on the 4th of July, on 4th of July, but it's coming oh, back. Oh, man, that would have been great. That's oh, well. That was when you were uh, deep into ignoring our group text phase. Probably busy <laughs> at work. It's fine. <laughs> but you were deep. Oh, did you hear the, uh, the Rocketeer reboot? I, I saw a, tw- a Twitter headline about that. And yeah. it's a, is it a young black gal? Is that right? Did you read that? I did not read that. Or maybe that was a sarcastic tweet. I don't know. I saw another tweet that said it was being rebooted as a young black girl. So I don't, now that I say it out loud, I'm not sure if that's some kind of in-joke about the Iron Man comic book. I did see... <laughs> that's funny. I did see Kurt Busiek tweeting something related to that. Like, maybe it's... Somebody found the equipment because um, the original guy went missing. I'm looking it up right now. Cliff? Oh, yeah. The new protagonist will be portrayed by an African-American female. Good. Yeah. I I feel like that's a good idea. Someone just stumbles upon the equipment or something. Yeah, and Kurt Busiek said that's a sequel. That's not a reboot, which technically Uh it's both. Right. But, yes, it is a sequel. A requel. Yeah, so I thought, thought of Jonesy immediately. Didn't see my uh, retweet. Jonesy probably didn't see that retweet and probably didn't even give a crap. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, uh, never mind. <laughs> Jonesy doesn't have the energy. <laughs> no, I just, yeah. you know, I've been Sick working some crazy Sick hours lately and I just haven't had the time to. When's your next vacation coming up? Actually, your next vacation is with, with us, guys. right? Two weeks. Can't wait. Oh, and when was, your, when was your last vacation before that? Two weeks ago, I think. Two weeks ago. In I don't know if you call that a vacation. I, don't, I wouldn't call it a vacation. Before that, it was with you guys, though. Uh, or was, you were there. Can't wait for our beach vacation. Yeah? Yeah. It's gonna we be, just got uh, a new cabana. One of those like Ooh. fancy uh, tents that you like hold down with sand. Mm. So you don't have to Are worry you about officially a cabana the boy, then? I'll cabana whoever just to get to that beach. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be, man, that's going to be a nice time, guys. <sighs> All of us together. That's no, that's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, the beach with our families. You know? Maybe we get like a a couple four-person bicycles. Mm. Gosh. Yeah. Surreys. Tandems. Tandems. Tandeming up. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to buy a case of uh, Summer Shandy. For us to enjoy a light like crisp beer uh, for us to drink. Slim, you, I don't think you drink anymore, so just a bottle of water for you. It has carbs I, in it, Slim. I, I don't. I'll, I'll, yeah, you can get me some water. I'll drink some water. It has it has some calories in it. So, you know, I'll try to get you the non-caloric beer for you to enjoy. <laughs> Give me non-alcohol. No, actually, I don't even Slim want to. Slim's trying to get down to 150 calories a day. 
150 I just, calories. I, I, you know. I lost the zest for alcohol, honestly. That, that's yeah. a, that's another life change that's happened recently. Just lost the zest. That's okay. D- Dale's dying inside. <laughs> I'm not dying inside. I'm I'm, I'm envious. Uh, I can't actually. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to also make you die inside, but I don't. I don't think the last time I ever bought a case of beer for the house. Hmm? The last more time trunk I had beers? beer in the fridge. No, not trunk beers. That was my claim to fame oh, for quite a long time. Wait a minute. Let's get this out there, which most people are going to be listening to this way after the fact, Jonesy. Mm-hmm. You stayed rather silent about talking about uh, seeing the uh, the comeback of retirement. Uh, m- hashtag Mr. VIP LJ Cruz mm. this Saturday. Mm. Oh, this, I can't go. Mm. I can't go this Saturday. After I, ma- after I made such a stink mm-hmm. about being invited, use I, could, exclamation I couldn't points go. in those texts. I did. It's my, it's my mother's birthday on Saturday. Oh, yeah, so. great. God, it's always yeah. your mother's birthday. It's always my mother's birthday. is going on another vacation. Can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to vacation at 170. No, never mind. I'm going to just set my address on the internet. <laughs> that would have been devastating. Oh, boy. Yikes. You know, classic Jonesy at EF. Celebrating his mother's birth. Unbelievable. We're supposed to do some beers for my birthday, but it's, you know, two weeks now. Who cares? Just 34. Didn't you guys day. just go to see a movie together or a concert? Wasn't that around your yeah. birthday? Yeah, that was the end of June. It's a great concert, wasn't it, Dale? God, it was an amazing concert. Driven to tears. <laughs> Did RDJ come out and sing that one? <laughs> no, he didn't. But if he did, I would have <laughs> plots all over myself. <laughs> what is the Urban Dictionary definition for plots? He's yeah. put, typing it in right now. He's typing in the uh, definition. I'm definitely not typing it in. I'm, I'm <laughs> expending no effort to find out. It's midnight right now. We just did 90 minutes. I think we might have to hang it up. 90 we never minutes. Did a sh- When's the last time we did a show this long? In your basement at your parents' old house at Hapro. Well, we did know. a four-hour we'll show. The, we'll check the... Let me siph- siph- uh, siphon. I was about to say siphon. Siphon through the tapes. Siphon filter? Siphon filter, one of the greatest games ever made remember we get headshots and it would like say headshot first game where i you could take a knee (laughs) so that was incredible it's like look at this guy he's crouching keep you guys watching this right now you remember the uh, three hour youtube let's play you found and we all started watching it that was amazing i watched it for at least 45 minutes before before i turned it off